0: Hey, everybody. If you've been listening to our uh, Jordan O and the No newsletter, you know, I've talked about referrals. And if I was smarter, I would have had Stacy on before we did that or for week one. Um, for those of you that get it on Friday, you'll get a nice shout out to Stacey and a link to this episode uh, because so much of what she does really goes into the concept of referrals. And as you know, I'm huge on making sure that law firm owners start with that because it's a great place to kind of build that foundation into the more specific marketing stuff. And obviously, I think you should also keep up the relationships. And I think Stacy does it in a really cool way because she talks about how to do it without asking, which becomes one of the biggest things for us as lawyers who can't solicit, who can't cold call, who can't whatever. So today, she's here to talk to us about the layered strategy to referrals that every law firm should have. So we'll go into what that means and how that looks for you and give you some takeaways. Um, I assume that anybody who knows me knows you, Stacey, by this point, if not... <laughs> But that being said, um, I love—I always love how Stacy frames the bio. So you may have been taught that to receive referrals, you must ask for them. Stacy believes the opposite, and her clients are living proof that you do not need to ask, compensate, be overly promotional, or gimmicky—which isn't in there—but is not there, or manipulate to receive referrals and tons of them. There's a better way. In 2007, Stacy decided to take the entrepreneurial leap and partner with a small company to manage a new division that was completely in line with her expertise, uh, while unknowingly four weeks pregnant. A year later, with a four-month-old... She had a client discourage her to encourage her to leave that small firm and start her own company. They would become her first and biggest client for two years until they weren't. And she had to quickly start bringing on new clients to survive. And guess what? That part didn't end well. And during months and months of reflection, talking to other successful business owners, she discovered where all went wrong, that she needed a way to generate referrals without asking. So now Stacy helps business owners achieve that referral explosion by teaching a simple five-step process to receive referrals in a way that honors the relationship with those who refer you. Stacy, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Jordan, for having me back. I appreciate it. It's funny how many times I sit through listening to someone read my bio and I'm like, huh, I may want to change that. Maybe I want to say that differently. So I appreciate you taking the time to introduce me though. Thank you.
0: There we go. Yeah, it's funny, but obviously my favorite part of reading everybody's bio is how many people are like, that was the best bio name he was ever given me. And I'm like, you wrote it. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) I put on a couple uh, of twists. Um, So for those of you that don't know, we're going to dive into the the layered referral strategy here, but I really do want to give a genuine shout out to the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast that Stacey has put together. Um, I think my review for it talks about it being like the only one person podcast that I listen to because other podcast is an interview. My podcasts are all interviews because I can't hear the sound of my own voice. Uh, but really, Stacy does this amazing job putting this all together in modules. And so specifically in the newsletter, I shout out the first, whatever it is, 10 or 15 episodes where you're going into the referral strategy, the prospecting or the referral plan, the prospecting plan, etc. cetera, um, through all that stuff. So you can hear more about that in the newsletter on Friday. But I really want to talk about the layered strategy to referrals here because I love the way that you flush this out. I want to start with, though, like, what is a layered strategy?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I have to say this. It's really funny listening to you say it's like one of the only podcasts you listen to that's solo. And I'm like, does that mean I like listening to my voice all the time? I'm not sure how to take that compliment. So,
0: oh, no. So uh,
1: I'm totally kidding, Jordan. I'm totally kidding. uh,
0: but but I want to I want to fl- explain this for everybody because I have this conversation with lawyers all the time. The easiest show to do is an interview show. There is nothing that will be simpler. And everybody says it's tough to find a guest. Maybe I think guests want to come on just as much as I want guests. But ultimately, like everybody can talk about themselves and what they do for 30 to 40 minutes. So you, instead of having, I think you have guests on what every 10 episodes to answer questions and whatnot, but otherwise for 90% of the episodes, you are actually figuring out a cohesive thought out (laughs) thing to say in advance. Whereas I'm just like, I can definitely ask enough questions to get 40 minutes filled. There's no problem. (laughs) It is a compliment to you.
1: Well, thank you. I definitely take it as one. You know me, I'm, I'm down for a good old soapbox or rabbit hole. Anytime the episode calls for it. So that helps create a lot of that content, but thank you. I appreciate the fact that you are a consistent listener. Um, Okay. So let's talk about the layered strategy. I think that when people think about referrals, there's a lot in the beginning when they're first kind of figuring out, do I get them? Do I not get them? How many do I want? What do they look like? What are the quality of them? Once they kind of get through that like first piece of like, okay, am I getting them? What would they look like? Where would they come from? And they kind of get that baseline. That's usually where people stop. They're like, oh, okay, I get some referrals. Here are my people. And maybe I'll do something different to take care of them. Maybe I won't. Or I don't get referrals. So I don't want to ask. So I'll do nothing. And I'll just go on and try other strategies. I think they get that baseline and they stop there because that's a lot of what they just naturally instinctively know like oh yeah let's figure out referrals and what it looks like in our firm but what I want people to think about this is we talk about it now almost like a flow chart so when you think about how referrals are going to like flow into your business into your firm it's really about where do you need to start from and we call that the foundation And then layering strategies on top of each other. So inside my group coaching experience, um, BRB, which stands for building a referable business, we talk about strategy stacking, but it's the same thing, right? With like just layering on the different strategies that you need um, because you don't need all of them at one time in the very beginning. You need to start with where you are and then add the first best strategy for based on where you are to get you as fast results as possible and then layer on what's next. So the way we talk about this from that flow chart perspective is there's three foundational strategies that every firm should have in place. Now, h- how like intense you have of these three strategies really depends on where you're starting from. Not every firm is going to need all three, um, based, of course, on how many referrals they're receiving, but some will need all three. So those three foundational strategies are...
0: Hold on, let me stop you right there. Yeah. I want, I want to build the most um, anticipation for the three strategies. <laughs> So I'm going to pause for 10 or 15 seconds about our last episode. Uh, Most recently, we had Adam Williams on. talk to us about the 26,000 reasons to build your team. So talked about not only just growing your team, but benefits of that. And then also went into the employee tax credit. If that's something of interest to people, please check out the episode. And truly, I think Adam does a phenomenal job, personal branding himself in a very cool and approachable manner. So certainly somebody very cool to uh, follow as well as listen to his insight. All right. So now I want this. This is going to be great content here. We'll build off of this. I want to hear the three strategies and then let's dive into each of those. And then we'll talk about the other layers.
1: Perfect. Okay. So this foundational piece, and if you think about it, the first strategy you need to start with really comes down to if you have referral sources or not. I mean, that's where we start. It's the baseline. If you consume almost any of my free content, whether that is, well, okay, my book's like $16, but if you're in the book, right, I mean, that's basically free. I'm sure Amazon has it cheaper, but so if you're like in the book or if you are on our freebies page, or if you're watching, like we released a new 20 minute training on the the science behind referrals in any of that stuff that we talk about, there is always a piece where I'm like, you start with where you start is based on how many referral sources you have like that. I mean, nobody else starts anywhere else because it doesn't make any sense because the strategies you may do a strategy you don't need and who's got time to waste. So it depends on if you have referral sources or not. I typically tell folks, if you've got like five or more referral sources, we've got something to work with. So your very first layer or your very first strategy would be what we call the existing referral source strategy. It's the one I teach in my Growth by Referrals program. That's actually my very first signature self-study online program I brought to life, I don't know, in 2015. Um, So it's been around for a while. And it is stood the test of time it stood the test of a pandemic it stood the test of of, you know of a fluctuating economy because referrals are evergreen but it's this idea that hey you've got referral sources this is your business's low-hanging fruit let's do something about it let's figure out who they are and when i mean like who they are i don't mean like who you can remember we actually take um folks through a process that's like you're going to identify them by name attached to who they referred to you So you've got your existing referral sources. You know them by name. We're going to create what we call the referral plan. That's going to be a series of somewhere between four and eight touch points over a given 12-month period. And for most folks, they're going to land somewhere between five, six, maybe seven touch points in their first year. You can do less as the years go on as you build that consistency. But it's this idea of how we take care of our referral sources and then what that looks like and the language that we use and the cadence that we do it. And it's really about taking care of the people who take care of your firm because they refer clients to you. For attorneys, it's going to be a lot of other attorneys, but there will also be other people who are referring to you. And this this stuff doesn't just happen. I think a lot of people believe like, oh, I get referrals because I've been in business for 20 years or I used to work at that really big law firm and everybody knew me before I went out on my own. Or I'm always at the bar association events. I'm at every happy hour they have or whatever it is. I think people think that's why referrals are happening. And it's not, right? Referrals are happening because and another attorney has a client or someone they know that needs something that they don't do and no one inside their firm does. And so they're referring, usually looking for another attorney and they look for someone that they trust and have a relationship with. And so referrals are not like random and they're not just like, they just show up right? Because you're awesome. I mean, you need to be awesome. But there is actually like something that's happening that's triggering that referral to happen as to why you're receiving it. So we want a strategy in place that deepens our relationship with the people who are going to refer us. So that's our first kind of like, if you have referral sources, you start here with the existing referral source strategy. How far
0: back should people go?
1: Okay, so I okay. if you consume, let me just go ahead and say this, because I think it's important for me to differentiate here. If you consume any of my free content, I'm going to say, give me a year, because I don't want that, the real number, to scare you from doing the work, from doing the process, from going through the activity. But if you're working with me, or if you're just a gold star student, which I appreciate, then I'm going to tell you to go back three to four years, depending on how long you've been in business. I mean, I've worked with attorneys that have only been in business for one year. So we work with what we have. I've had attorneys that I one time had somebody who was in my program and he pulled all his results from like 1998. I was like, too far, like too far back, don't care. Like we only need to go, you really don't need to go more than three to four years back if you've been in business that long.
0: Is that the record, 1998?
1: I think so. Well, that someone shared with me. I don't know, maybe I, I say that enough that people are like, well, if I pulled it, I'm not gonna tell her because then she'll That's she'll fair. have a comment to make about it. But the truth is, yeah. Okay. Can we just give this? I, I'm not going to name him, but can we just give this attorney a shout out for having records from 1998? Like, I mean, first, first of all, he had been in business that long. Second of all, like the fact that he actually was like, "Yeah, here, I got it. Here you go." Right? Like, he didn't sit. Right, he,
0: didn't,
1: he didn't sit down and recreate that for us. He was like, "I pushed a button, and out came all the information." I'm like, bless, because most people are like, uh, "I got to create this from scratch." I'm like, yeah, a lot of people are like, I don't have this stuff tracked. And I'm like, then you get to do a walk down memory lane and try to recreate it. So it can take, like I tell folks, if you have this stuff tracked, it's like a 15 to 20 minute exercise. If you don't, we're talking a couple of hours. So I had a new member who just joined my um, group coaching experience, BRB. And she was like, I was hoping it'd be 15 minutes. It took three hours. She was like, best exercise I've ever done for my business. And I'm like, yeah, because you're seeing the data and you're, well, you also have a very, Clear moment of realization of reality, of like what's actually happening, what does this actually look like? So that's the strategy we start with. That's the first layer, the first stack that we start with if you have referral sources. But let's say you identify referral sources and you're like, well, I don't have any. Whether because you've only had your firm for a year or two or you have had your your firm for 15 years and it's just referrals hasn't been a focus. Well, then we're going to start you with a different first strategy, which is the potential referral source strategy. And the potential referral source strategy is, okay, if you want referrals, guess what? We need humans to refer you. So we've got to create that. And so then we take people through a process of how we identify clients and contacts, both some people like to lean to one side or the other, but it's clients and contacts. So for attorneys, um, that would be looking at clients and then usually looking at their contacts being other attorneys and other centers of influence and picking out a list of what we refer to as potential or soon to be referral sources. And then we teach a process to our clients of once you've identified them, how do you take them through the process of cultivation to get them to start referring you? But with both of these strategies, I will never teach you to ask. I will never teach you to manipulate or take advantage of reciprocity. I will never teach you how to, well, you guys can't compensate, but other industries can. I will never teach you guys how to be gimmicky. I'm never going to tell you put in your email signature, the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral. Never going to do that. And I'm never gonna tell you, you gotta go network every single day so these people can remember who you are. There is a way to form relationships to the point of receiving referrals if you walk people through the right process. And so obviously this is the secret sauce of that process is something we teach to our clients, but I'll let you in on the little secret. It's all about them, which is really hard for people to be like, wait, I'm gonna put the focus on them and not really ever talk about me or my law firm or what I do. No, because that will typically come up naturally, but to get to someone to a point where they're willing to refer you, I mean, at the end of the day, they get to like you and how we like somebody, right? Is when we're actually focused on them, right? So when you put the focus on them and you're trying to help them and you're trying to keep them in mind for their benefit, not for yours, it always comes back around because we teach a very specific strategy in there about how we're planting referral seeds. So they're thinking about it from that referral process but it all comes down to like, if you want me to refer you, like you, you gotta impact how I think about you. And let's be honest, how you impact how someone thinks about you is making sure that you're focused on them. And so that's a big part of that strategy. So the first layer.
0: Mm-hmm. You talk about it from the, the standpoint of planting seeds and the way you phrase it there really makes me think of the story and how to win friends and influence people where like he's sitting down with the arborist and he just asked them a million questions about being an arborist because I don't know, I've never come across somebody with that as their job. And at the end of it, they're like, you're such a good conversationalist. And, he, and you know, Carnegie's sitting there thinking like, I didn't say anything. I just asked a bunch <laughs> of questions, but that's, <laughs> but it's human nature.
1: It is. When we talk about ourselves, we feel so good about the conversation we just had with whoever else was letting us do all the talking. Um, it's true. So when you think about that first strategy, that first layer, it starts with, do I have referral sources? Do I not? Once we have that strategy in place, and I refer to these two strategies for existing referral sources or potential referral sources, as this is like a terrible way to say it, but it's just how I've always said it. It's like hand to hand combat. It's like we've identified the who. And now we're gonna build a process that we're gonna follow that's either gonna turn people into referral sources or have a referral source start giving us more referrals. And so it's like hand-to-hand combat. And there are a number of other strategies that I walk people through that are like specific for moments when dealing with their referral source or specific for moments when dealing with a prospect that's in the buyer's journey, right? But then the actual next strategy I typically tell folks they wanna consider is actually working on their client experience. And so we have another program um, inside BRB, it's just available for our BRB members called Referrable Client Experience. And it is about A, having a client experience that makes you worthy of referrals, that actually makes you referable, but then knowing the moments to where you could be planting referral seeds for all clients to see if any of them would percolate potential referrals and or also those moments where you're paying attention to who seems to be more likely to refer you. So we walk through not only building out this like client experience that people are like, wow, and did not see that coming from my attorney, how amazing, right? And not just cause you won the case, because you're not always gonna win the case. You're not always gonna get the divorce on that they want.
0: Also have clients still mad at you, even if you do win the case in the exact way that they uh, talked about and wanted.
1: Right, well, and so yes, because humans are don't remember what they say a lot of times. So let's be honest, right? They don't remember what, always what they said they were ultimately after. Um, And so, but you've got to have this referable client experience too. And so those make up our foundational strategies. It's, hey, I've got existing referral sources. Here's what I do. I need referral sources. Here's what I do. I need to have a referable client experience so that I, I can be worthy and deserving of those referables, but also because with every client, I'm looking for opportunities to plant referral seeds to see what will percolate. It won't work on everyone, right? But like what will percolate, what will happen, not missing an opportunity as I'm doing work with somebody. So that's kind of like that foundational first layer.
0: So before we move on from there, though, I want to highlight, because you were talking about, you know, the the financial compensation part of it. And obviously from the lawyer standpoint, I mean, you hit on, we can't, do that, but we can have associate attorney's fees, referral fees, et cetera. What, what, what role does that play in this foundational referral strategy?
1: Yeah. So everything I teach is based on the relationship you have with your referral sources. And that's based on the fact that you're not compensating them. So what I typically tell people who have those type of relationships where there is compensation happening is that they're just separate. They're like the affiliates, right? They're like the Um, joint venture partnerships, they're like the strategic alliances that you may have, that if you're in those relationships and it doesn't negatively impact that relationship and the person that you're in that relationship with where compensation is being shared, if that motivates them and that's how your relationship was established and that's like what they were originally seeking, it's just separate because they don't need any of the other strategy stuff that you're doing because they're motivated by the dollars. The problem is with folks is that recognizing it's actually hard to identify who's motivated by the dollars and who's not. So when you go towards all of your referral sources with this compensation, let me pay you, let me give you kickbacks, let me you know give you commission or whatever, you're actually turning off the majority of people. So it's really about being able to find those relationships where they're, they're there and they're built and they are usually seeking you, but they're just separate right? Like, so I don't have an affiliates anymore for my programs, but I used to, but they were separate in a separate bucket, right? Then what I would do with my other referral sources. I think it's just easier to separate them out. I mean, it's your business. If you want to combine them all together, so be it, right? It's just not how I would do it because then you're doing more for someone who's really truly only motivated by the compensation piece.
0: Gotcha. Makes total sense. Yeah. All right. So now that we have those foundational things in place, where do we start layering other things on top of it?
1: Yeah, so it all depends on really what you need. So we have, okay, so if you think about this, like the totality of all the strategies as of right now, I always say as of right now, because it's always changing. We teach 18 strategies. Most people are like, wait, we need 18 strategies to get referrals. That sounds like a lot. The truth is you don't need them all. Depending on how your business is structured, there's some you'll never deal with. And then there's some that you're like, I need to get my hands on that tomorrow. So the idea there is is that we break these strategies down in what we call situational and next level. So it's really just dependent on where you are and what you need. So for example, there are some situational and next level strategies that are focused on the referral source. And then there are some strategies that are focused on the prospect, right? Or the buyer's journey process. Um, And then there are some that are just kind of like, hang out there and they don't have a nice, pretty category to kind of drop them into. But when you think about it, it's okay. So let me give some scenarios of where we would pull different strategies. If you have a strong focus on testimonials within your law firm, and you have a process where you try to cultivate testimonials, I actually have a strategy that I teach about how you can actually start planting referral seeds within that testimonial process. So we have a strategy called testimonials made easy, but it's all based on the idea that we wanna show you how to use that process, which you should have, right? You may have never been doing it for referrals and I'm gonna show you how you maneuver in things that allow you to plant referral seeds and generate referrals from them. So that's in giving testimonials.
0: Giving the testimonial or from the people listening to the testimonial the person gave or both?
1: Oh, when you're seeking testimonials from your clients. Okay. Yeah, great question, great qualifying question there. Um, But then, okay, so that's one situation. Right. So let's also say that you have a lot of people who come up to you and they're like, oh, my gosh, Jordan, I was telling like 14 people last week how amazing you are and how they've got to hire you. And you're like, who are these 14 people? Because I need to talk to them right now. Right. So we haven't
0: first or reach out or whatever.
1: Right. And sometimes they do bless the person who's told to reach out to you. That then does. They're in the minority. Right. They're kind of like the unicorn. And so, but what do you say to the referral source when they're like, yeah, I talked to 14 people about you last week. I gave them all your contact information. I'm sure you've heard from them by now. And you're like, nope, I haven't heard from any of them because they're busy. They got a life, right? They probably lost your card or whatever it was. Does anyone give out business cards? They probably just lost your information. Let's put it that way. Or they got busy and overlooked it. And now they've got a thousand other emails on top of that email sharing your contact information. So we have a strategy that we teach called saving lost referrals about how we flip right whether it's a warm lead or word of mouth buzz or introduction into a referral but this is what do you say the referral source to get them to flip it into an actual referral another example is what if you're getting referrals and you're like this is great i'm getting referrals the problem is i can't close any of them what if the quality is bad so we have a strategy it's one of our situational strategies that we teach based on quality like if the quality isn't there if you're not being referred your ideal clients right so if you are, you know, if you do wills and estates and you keep getting people referred to you who are divorcing, I don't know, I don't even think that makes sense, but you guys get my, my example, right? And they're like, you're like, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't help people that are divorcing. I would love to help them separate their assets probably from a, having new wills, right? But like, you're not getting referred the right people. It's important of how you manage that conversation with your referral source to get them to understand who you need referred to you Without ever making them feel defensive or like they've done something wrong, there's an art to that conversation, and so we teach that art of that conversation in one of our situational strategies. It's called the quality scripts, right? So there's lots of these, right? As I said, there's you know, fifteen of them, right? It's fifteen and three make eighteen. I don't know. We we both know I don't do public math. Um, so there's a bunch of them <laughs> that are based on situations. There's one that I teach. That's like, what if you are like, you're the, the person in charge of the firm, but you now have other attorneys and you need them to own the relationship with the referral sources because you've always owned it and you need other people on the team, whether that is like a marketing person, a salesperson or other attorneys, you're like, you guys need to own some of these relationships. I'll keep some, but I've got like 50 or I've got like 70 and I need other people to carry the load so we manage these relationships better. There is actually a correct way to transfer the relationship of the referral source from the person it's always been with to somebody new within the company and so that's another that's a next level strategy we teach I don't it doesn't get taught that often because there's not that many people who think about that but when they get a lot of referral sources then like wait I'm gonna I'm gonna need that strategy a lot of people say I don't think I'll need that one I'm like I don't know if I get you all the referrals you want and you grow you're probably gonna be like oh my gosh so
0: when it comes to, we've got the foundational stuff and then we've got, so, I, and I, I think your math was correct for whatever that's like okay. We've got the 15 other things to layer on top. Like where, when do people start adding those layers? Is it a consistent thing? Is it in the moment? Is it when they hit a certain number? Is like, what's the, what's the yeah. time?
1: So the, it kind of falls in two different tracks, but for most of the time, what I how I like to do it is that, okay, so let me back up before I say that. The best way to explain it is, is typically when someone says, I'm getting referrals, but whatever the but is, is usually gonna t- send us in a direction of a strategy that they need. When they come in to work with me, so that the only place you get access to all 18 strategies, um, some of these strategies are standalone, like individual purchases, right, that you can make. But to get all of them, when you come in, you actually do an assessment. And so I know pretty quickly with just answering a handful of questions where we're starting and what your stack's going to look like. So you come in and I, we, I already know, okay, we're doing existing referral sources or potential referral sources. If you have existing referral sources, and I'm very, very quickly going to be like, talk to me about your close ratio and talk to me about your quality. Because if you're receiving referrals and not closing them, that is an issue we can solve as well. In addition to how do you have a conversation about quality? So some people come to me and they're like, I'm getting referrals. I don't need it.
0: Of the referrals? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. The closing ratio of like when you get referrals, like I want all of my clients to be above 50% close ratio, like as like a baseline. I have some people who are like, Hey, I got 30 referrals last year. I just only closed three of them into clients. So then I'm like, do we have a quality issue or do we have a closing issue of those referred clients into those referred prospects into clients? So at that point, we're going to start looking at other layers and write other strategies we're going to stack or we're going to layer on because some people come to me and they're like, I'm getting enough referrals. I just need more of them to close. And I'm like, great, let's figure out what the data tells us about which strategy you need specifically. I mean, I had one, it's not an attorney, it's actually a financial advisor that was like, we get referrals, we just don't close enough of them. I'm like, this is, it's called the first meeting script. I'm like, go do this, go do this follow it to a T as, as much as you're comfortable, report back to me what happens. He was like, I, and he came back, he was like, oh my gosh, I did it with two clients. He goes, and I just closed $12 million in AUM, which for financial advisors, they know that's assets under management. That basically is like 3,000 million percent ROI, just that one strategy on understanding like, like what that looks like. So your results tell me almost everything I need to know. So when I'm working with someone in my group coaching experience, I have the ability to look at that and to have conversations about that. And I'm like, okay, here's what we need to stack on next. So th- there are other situational strategies that people are like, can I have that one? Can I have that one? I'm like, yep, yeah, but not yet. And I make them wait because I know when you're done working with me, so BRB is a 12 month program. When you're done working with me, I need you set up for success that you have baseline strategies that serve you year after year after year. And there's this one, I I show it in one of my trainings, but there's this one slide I show about an attorney who averaged 12 referrals a year and came into the program. And in her first year, right, we tripled, I think that's tripled, we tripled her referrals. We got her 40 referrals in her first year. And that's a great, like, woo, that's a great case study. We took her from 12, we tripled it, we got her to 40 referrals in her first year, but that's not the whole story. The whole story is the next year she got 52. And then the next year she got 67. And then the next year was COVID and she dropped a little bit, but she got 62, which is basically the same as getting 67. And then last year she got 82. And now she's like, guess what? I don't need that many referrals every year. Like I'm increasing my closing ratio. I'm growing my team. I know what I want. She's going to land probably somewhere in the 70s every year as her goal. And so that's the success story, right? So it's about me making sure that you have the right strategies to start with that you build the right processes and plans in your business that you will consistently execute on them. And then we'll give you the other things you need. But after that, we're just cherry picking. Like, what do we think you need um, based on what'll just make it that much better? But most people don't do all 18 strategies in a year. That's not the point. They don't need them all. And a lot of people just take a a few handful of strategies and they get that referral explosion they want. They start adding more for refinement and clarity. And that's really powerful too.
0: So selfish question, but specific question to lawyers. So it's interesting because you're talking about from the standpoint of those referrals, like the close rate and the quality. And how does that tie into, like from a personal injury standpoint, you know, yes, obviously there are billion dollar PI cases and there's thousand dollar PI cases, but in the situation where it's a great lead, it's a great, you know, connection, they want to hire and there's just no insurance. Like there's something that prevents it from being a viable case. It's sort of like a luck aspect is that something that you have them look at differently, or is that something that just kind of fits into the randomness of it all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said about even the perfect case isn't always the perfect case until it is, right? And I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned personal injury because I think I, I probably shared this with you, um, and some people probably know this, but the the second person I taught this, like just one strategy to, when I was way, way back, like 2013, getting started. Um, was a personal injury attorney. And I was like, well, I didn't work for her. It didn't work for anybody because of just the nature of what personal injury attorneys do. And she's the opposite of me. And she's a total introvert. She's probably a, a better person to hang out with, but she is a total introvert. And I was like, well, if it works for her, it's going to work for anybody. And the truth is there is that piece to it, right? I mean, there are some pieces with, as an attorney, with the attorneys that I work with, where legally even if it's amazing, isn't going to work out. I mean, conflict checks is a big one, right? I mean, you're in a company or in a firm where you've got to do conflict checks. It doesn't matter how amazing the referral is. If there's a conflict, you got to refer it out. Like that's the way it works. So that will always be just, it just is what it is, right? Because you chose to be an attorney, because you chose to be a lawyer. Um, But that's just a little bit of what we kind of have to deal with, that there are some things we can't completely sidestep when that like conflict checks or things like that don't make it a case we can take.
0: Makes total sense. I can't believe the conflict one makes even more sense. I just, it's always a, it's always, an I mean, obviously it's a hell of a chat with the family when you're like, this is an amazing case, but for, you know, there being no coverage. But then it's always an interesting conversation with a referral source when you're like, hey, man, how to turn down the case. Just to let you know, it was perfect, except for, you know, they, uh, they got hit by somebody who was driving illegally with no license, with nothing. They have no UM coverage that, you know, whatever, whatever the rationale is behind it. Uh, but yeah. it's always- is those like, those are, it always happens on the cases where it's super serious, right? It's always like the paralyzed 19 year old. It's always the, you know, yeah. dead, winning parent and all the the awful things um, that come along with those things. So makes for, makes for difficult discussions.
1: Oh, I totally, because they deserve what they're, they may not get because of not only the fault of someone else, but then the lack of what that someone else is supposed to have, right? In that case, whatever it is, right? Um Yeah, it's, I can I don't know how you guys have those conversations as often as you guys have to, but God bless you for having them because people you're needed.
0: Well, thank you. All right. So I wanna um one, I want to get off this topic. We'll get into something a little bit more positive than this. But anyway, <laughs> no, I want I want to dive into you talked about one of those key things being the client experience. And I think that's a great spot for us to spend like the last 15 minutes. But before that, from this big picture layering strategy, is there anything else that we need to cover?
1: No, I know there's a lot that just kind of like got dumped at people. They're like, whoa, that like it's, it's a flow chart. It's stacking. There's layers or whatever. Right. But when we talk about this stuff, um, you can find it when you go to our website. Like we talk about this stuff. There's even like um, a PDF you can download and stuff. So. If you're like a little overwhelmed, right, just reach out, just go to our website, you'll be able to find it. If not, let us know. Um, but. It is important for you not to worry about necessarily where you're going as to where you're starting from.
0: Makes a sense. And obviously, like, look, I think for anybody listening to this who has nothing in place, like truly the foundational stuff is where you start. Truly, it's the current referral sources, the potential ones. You don't have to add the, you know, super interesting specific tactics until you have the low hanging fruit actually identified, which I think that's the problem that people jump for the like, all right, I need to put 12 of these 18 in place instead of being like, no, I need to figure out what referral sources I currently have. Um, But I want to talk about client experience because I I want to, and I want to hear the Stacey Brown-Randall take on my soapbox, phone trees. There are so many lawyers out there that I talk to, or when we call them after our consult and it's like, if you want to talk to so-and-so, press one, for so-and-so, press two, for so-and-so, press three. If you're a new client, press four. And I just hate it. Like, I think I, you're trying to save money with the answering service or whatever. I get it. But like, I feel like from a client experience, it's terrible. And I feel like that is costing you so much money in the long run. So like, is that something that you talk about in the client experience?
1: So, I mean, it's not, we don't get into like, you, should you have a phone tree, right? That's not a module or a mini lesson inside right. one of the modules inside referable client experience. But we do talk about Um, the big premise behind the the referable client experience program and the big thing we start with is have you ever like have you ever sat down and thought about what it's like to work with you like that's the big question we want to answer right what is it like to hire you what is it like to be in the process of deciding to hire you and what is that experience like so i can imagine then for those that have phone trees phone are probably part of the process that they go through and think about like, is how is that helping us or not helping us? Um, and there is a debate on both sides and both sides have very strong pros and both sides have very strong cons. But what I think, and it's something that you and I've talked about before, what matters most is, is it hurting you or is it helping you? And th- that is then all revealed in your results. Right. Are people calling into the phone tree and then it's killing or because somebody else is talking to them and you're not talking to them or whatever it is. And then you're seeing like the, the calls are coming in, but we're not actually closing the cases. Like, is there a breakdown in the process there? I think that's something to consider. I think anytime you can add the personal touch, it's so much better. It will always be so much better. But I also recognize that every law firm has to decide what does that look like for us and how does that impact our bottom line? And maybe you can cut something else for that personalized touch if that's ultimately what you want. But let's be honest, everybody is happier no matter who we are calling when a human answers than when we are push these 14 numbers and hope you get them in the right order to get to the right person you want to talk to. But it's also more prevalent today because most people, even, even if you have a receptionist, they're working remotely. Right. Or not as much now, I would say, as they probably have over the last two years. But it's always the potential to be able to go back to that. So, like, how does your phone system work to allow for that too? like there are a lot of variables as a business owner? You get to figure out that is the joy of being a business owner. But there is something to be said about a phone call being answered versus trying to figure out who I'm trying to route myself to.
0: What I love, you talk about it from the standpoint of like, what's it like to hire you? And I always tell people kind of not the opposite, but the flip side, like when you are trying to hire somebody else, what are the things that you hate the most? And then how many of those are you doing to your own clients? So that's, that's
1: uh, it's the same thing, but I like your, your perspective of it. Yeah.
0: And it's amazing because it, it shocks me how much we buy things and how difficult it is to hire people in certain, like finding a new lawn person. Like I am, I'm trying to find a new lawn person. I've called 15 people. Nobody's called me back. Nobody answers. Nobody responds to Facebook messages. Nobody answers their website, contact forms, um, yada, yada, yada. I'm just like, man, I wish, I wish my law firm had so much business that we were like, we don't need to call anybody back or answer <laughs> phone or respond to anything.
1: Like, I, know, you, I sometimes that? think there's broken down systems too. Like sometimes it makes me wonder because like I have been trying to get a new gutter company And like the company, I was like, I want to go with this one company. And because I see them in our neighborhood everywhere, I'm like, I'm at the point now where the next time I see their truck, I'm just going to pull over and be like, get over to my house and give me a quote. Because for the longest time, it was like, text us, call us, email us. I did all the things. And I'm like, why does no one want to call me back? And then all of a sudden it was like, they figured out the system was broken. Uh And then I was like flooded with emails and phone calls and text messages. Okay, Jordan, you're going to love this. So now I'm getting phone calls. Now I'm getting text messages. Now I'm getting emails. Hey, we got your information. I'm like, from three months ago? Like, okay. And they're like, hey, we want to do this. I'm like, my husband already got up on the second story ladder. Like, we've already tried like the testifying trick. Like, he, he made it happen. He cleaned out the gutters. But like, I'm like, now you hear it, I, you're going to die. So I follow up. I think I called back or maybe I texted back. I can't remember. Maybe I emailed back. Nothing. All I kept getting was the auto-generated messages. They're like, hey, we saw that you reached out and we wanted to follow up to give you a quote. I'm like, I know, I'm trying to schedule getting the quote. And it's like, I finally was like, I'm done. We're just gonna have dirty gutters for a while. We're gonna be okay with it.
0: It's, it sucks. And and the crazy part is, at least they figured out the first part of the system was broken, but like (laughs) follow that through the whole process.
1: Well, and here's the thing about relying on technology. It, breaks, it doesn't automate the way it's supposed to, or connect to the other pieces the way it's supposed to. Like you have to stay on top of that. So many businesses, and I am just as guilty here, That so many businesses are like set it and forget it. And then you're like, huh, I wonder what happened with that. And you're like, I should probably go back and check it. Like, I just realized uh, we have this referral ninja quiz that I've been doing for years and years and years. And I just realized, wait, something's not right with it. So now I'm like, oh God, I got to get into the technology and like, you know, this platform talks to this platform so you can get your results and I've got to go through and I've got to map it out and that stuff makes my head hurt. But like, it's like we set it and forget it. And I think that's the thing we have to pay attention to. The more automation we add, the more processes we add, that are driven by technology is that these things have to be checked because they do break down and that is going to eventually negatively impact your business.
0: But see, from my perspective, I always feel like those things break down at a slower rate than humans Get sick, move jobs, change what. So like, there's there's always going to be that need for the refresh or at least the you know the double check. Um, I just think from the technology, like you just keep you like you just continually follow your stuff chronologically through that client journey, customer journey, whatever you want to call it, um, and you'll pick up new things and edit it, but you'll make sure things are working. But you know that at least enough of it is working consistently as opposed to your no, your lack of human follow-up whatsoever w- combined with a broken automated system.
1: Right. I mean, there's definitely, yes, there's definitely stages, right? In terms of like, hey, not so bad. I got to get this fixed. I got to follow this process to all the way, like the business is breaking down because nothing's working.
0: Like literally, I want you to take my money and nobody will <laughs> Just worry about it.
1: Please take my money and please clean my gutters, please. <laughs>
0: So in the last like five minutes or so from a from a client experience standpoint, are there consistent things you see law firms doing that are, you know, 90% good or 90% bad? Or is it really just so hyper specific to every firm?
1: It's not hyper specific to every firm, but I will tell you, I think a better way to kind of help people think through this from that client experience perspective is where I always see the questions come back from the attorneys that I'm working with. And the questions they always come back with always have to do when they're building out this client experience and even stuff with their referral sources as well. But when they're building out their client experience, it's always the question around confidentiality and figuring out that piece, and figuring out, right, and so I may see this more from certain types of attorneys than I do from others, right, and so what I spend most of the time when I see my attorneys going through the referable Client Experience Program, they're like, got it, got it, got it, got it, okay, here's a situation around confidentiality, because I want to do this touch point in my client experience, in the new stage, I want to send this welcome card, and I teach a welcome card that is not a welcome card, like, not I'm so glad you're a client, like, those are Yay, because you're doing them, but they could be so much better. But so I teach a different type of welcome card. And, but so in a divorce attorney's like, okay, where do I mail this? Because maybe this shouldn't show up at the house where the spouses are still living together. Right. So those are the things that like I've we've heard. I've heard them all now. So like we have processes and thoughts on all of them. But those are the things I see people coming up with as they get into like, let me make this better and let me build it out following Stacy's model. When those things percolate up, there is always a solution and we always come up with it. Um, and we always share what other people have to say about that. But it's just figuring out how to modify it for your business and how you want to run it.
0: The, um oh my God. So it's so funny you phrase it that way. We actually did that completely unintentionally. So I had a show guest have to cancel because his wife was in the hospital sick. And so I was like, oh my God, please like send them a card, you know, get well soon. And so my office sends one of our like branded Jordan law cards. I was like, so sorry to hear about your wife or something like that. And they were like, are we getting divorced? Like, was this a law firm? Like what? I was like, oh my God, no, wait, hold on. That was the, I like, is she out of the hospital? Is everything Okay. Um, and obviously, like, it, you know, it was a it was a funny joke afterwards, but there was that split second where it was like, "Uh, honey, what are you what are you talking
1: about? <laughs> Why is this on an attorney's card? <laughs> oh
0: so, Yes, it definitely happens. And then, yeah, so I mean, I guess from the confidentiality standpoint, I mean, I'll tell you from from my perspective, like when I send a thank you card out to our referral sources, I do not put any information about the referral that they sent, you know, thanks so much for sending that referral over. It's a great case. It says so much about you that you're the kind of person that would want to make sure people get help. I love that you, whatever it was, but like I specifically leave out, like thanks for sending over Mrs. Jones for X, Y, and Z issue. Um, And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's my CYA lawyer hedge issue. So
1: here's the thing. And we answer this question a lot inside BRB. And the number one thing I always say is, is there's a need to put like a process in place so we always do it the same way but the truth is most of these are situational if you're let's just say for sake of argument if i referred you a neighbor who needed you right and i referred them to you in the way that we typically like referrals to happen where i send you an email i copy my neighbor on it and then i've joined you guys together and i was like you need to talk to jordan we'll solve all your problems at that moment everybody's aware that I did the referring. And so sending me a thank you card and putting my neighbor's name in it makes perfect sense. right? And so that's typically the process that I I teach people is put the name in the card so they can remember who they referred to you. Um, It's called the thank by name, but that happens because you know all the players know each other. right? If someone calls you and says, so-and-so told me I need to hire you because this is my problem. Then if you make the decision at that point, if you haven't gotten permission, from the new client say hey i'd like to thank them is it okay if i use your name in the card right then you get permission and if you don't want to get permission then to your point there is a there is that opportunity to not include the name in the card but unfortunately people want <laughs> this is like this ongoing debate i i always seem to be having inside my own head and then obviously with people as well people always want the easiest process possible when it comes to just about everything in business they're looking for the automation they're looking for the easy button they're looking for the process of the delegation or who can i write And I get it. I'm like every other business owner and I'm looking for that stuff, too. But there is something to be said about pausing for a minute and considering the situation at hand and then deciding how to proceed because you've taken a moment to think about it because referrals are dealing with other humans, period. It's not a spreadsheet. It's not a process. It's not, you know, some. Excel spreadsheet talking to your database or whatever, right? Like this is a human on the other end. And so sometimes we just have to pause. We have to remember there's a relationship there and there's a way to handle it. And sometimes how we follow up is more situational than it is, this is the process that we follow. I would rather you use the name. But if that means you've got to pause and think, is this the right time to use the name? I want you to do that. And if, but you don't have to, right? I mean, but that's what I would want you to do.
0: Stop and think what a crazy... What a crazy revolutionary concept, but, uh, but it's true. I mean, we do get, we get into the autopilot mode, even if it's not automated.
1: Yes. Yeah. We're just looking for the easy button because of the 30,000 other things we have to do. (laughs) Right. I mean, I get it. I still just want people to stop and think because somebody taking a minute to put their reputation on the line, to refer a client to you, they deserve that stop and think moment.
0: Well, and that's like, it's, if you really think about it, it's still so mind boggling to me that referrals happen at all, just because it's like, hey, Stacy, you have this need. I know that I can't help you, but hold on, let me make sure you get to the right person. Okay, I think Greg, you know, Greg's the right person to help you with this. And like, look, I, there is no truly altruistic thing. There's benefits for it. It's a win, win, win. You make everybody like you, like whatever the situation is, I get it. But like in that moment, it's just like, I have a finite amount of time, but I want to make sure somebody else helps you through this problem that I can't help you through for my own specific immediate financial gain or whatever it is. So
1: it's it's kind of the, the moment of some people, right? Are built, okay, we're all built this way. Some people choose to act in a way that like, hey, I can help, so I will. Let me take a minute out of my day to do this. And some people are dead inside. I think you just get to decide which one you are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's two kinds of people in the world. Those that are dead inside and those that aren't. No, it's, but it's, it's um, that's funny. I like that. I haven't I haven't heard that phrased that way, but, it, but I've heard that, I've heard that felt that way, if not phrased that way. All right, so in the last couple of minutes, is there anything else you wanna make sure that we cover? When it comes to the layered referral strategy or the client experience
1: you know the only thing i always like to have people think about is if you're really serious about taking control of your referrals and you're really serious about okay what does this look like for our firm what does it look like because me i'm the solo owner of this firm it's just me or i've got a team of people i've got other attorneys that should be doing something with referrals you're on that journey of like okay we're going to do something about our referrals the best place to start it is something i've already said but the best place to start is do you have referral sources and identifying that first is absolutely the place you want to start because that tells you everything you need to know about where you go from there and you're going to see the names of the people who have referred to you and it's going to force you to ask yourself okay Am I going to do something different to take better care of these people or am I not, right? And that helps you kind of determine your next steps. And I teach that, like, how do you identify your referral sources? There's a 20-minute training that I teach about the science behind referrals and actually what that looks like about what's happening from a scientific perspective when referrals are happening. And I teach them how to identify if you have referral sources. And that is a training you can find on our website, or you can just go to stacybrownrandall.com forward slash roadmap. And it's going to just walk you through it so you actually have that information.
0: And to anybody listening, Stacey has an E. That's the, yes. uh, the huge thing there. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about our next episode, and then we'll come back for the final nugget of wisdom, the biggest takeaway uh, next week. So next Thursday a week from now at one thirty Eastern time. So same time, same exact time as the show, same bat time, same bad day, just different that week. We have Tom Labot on. Tom's going to talk to us about cybersecurity threats in 2022. So best practices for solo lawyers and small firms. Whether you are hybrid, whether you are back in the office, whether you're totally virtual, whether you're a hybrid, there are different issues that have come up that you need to be concerned about from a cybersecurity standpoint. Tom's going to explain that to us. And also Tom's a genuinely cool guy. So it is not one of those like super boring, you know, the sky is falling. Tom just has some really like a very... Direct, interesting way of looking at a lot of these things. Like, for example, not leaving your password on a post it note on the side of your computer. Maybe it breaks in the office, you know, you never know, things like that. So, that'll be a cool chat. Uh, same time as this, uh, same day as this episode, just next week. With that being said, for anybody who's listened for the last 57 minutes, who remembers nothing else that you said except for this, what would be your biggest nugget of wisdom, your most important takeaway on helping more people be the exhibit A of a successful
1: lawyer? Referrals come from relationships. So if you're going to want to receive referrals, you're going to have to be willing to spend some time cultivating relationships. I don't need you to spend 10, 15, 20 hours a month on it, but I do need you to be willing to think about who are my referral sources and what should I be doing to take better care of them and never, ever forget referrals come from relationships.
0: And that's why I always talk about like when you, if you genuinely enjoy the people you're hanging out with or the, your referral sources, and there's like that real true connection, it's so much easier to do all the stuff you're talking about and so much enjoyable, It's like forget easier. It's more enjoyable. All right. I love, um, I know you had a training coming up or I know you're training earlier this week. What's the best way for people to stay in touch with you for anybody who's listened and realizes they should be following you.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the truth is the, the website's always going to be the best home base. StacyBrownRandall.com. Stacy does have an E. Usually if you have landed there and you're not in the right place, it's because you forgot the E. But just go to StacyBrownRandall.com. It's going to give you the information. If you scroll to the bottom of the page. You can sign up for that 20 minute science based training that I talked about. Um, That's a great way to kind of just get dip your toes in and learn more about it or go to StaceyBrownRangle.com forward slash roadmap. It's a great way to really get an idea of, okay, tell me more about this referral stuff and the way that I teach it and then start identifying your referral sources. But the website is a wealth of information. Just pick something and try it and see what you actually come up with. And that'll inform your next step.
0: There we go. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And to everybody who watched or listened, I hope you enjoyed it. I know I learned a ton, which means I'm assuming you all learned a ton as well. And uh, we'll see you back next week for our next episode.